What's up everybody? This is Daryl Terrell with The Real World and we are on episode 25. I can't believe I've actually made it this far, but I am here. And today I have a special guest by the name of Sarah McCayman, who is a gut and, and hormone specialist here in Oklahoma City. Sarah, glad to have you. Glad to be here. <laughs> so let's dive right into this. I know that you're a specialist in um, gut and hormones. So what are some of the things that you apply when helping some of your clients or patients? So the biggest thing is focusing on the client's overall lifestyle. So everyone's different. Everybody has different stressors, hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. So lifestyle, so um, meaning how much sleep are they getting, how they manage stress, um, if they're eating enough vegetables, because that is a big problem. Uh, and yeah, literally one out of 10 Americans gets the recommended amount of vegetables a day. Wow. It's a, it's a real problem. So um, just paying attention to things like that and going from there, really. Mm -hmm. So I was reading the other day that about 74% of Americans deal with GI issues. Um, why do you think so many of us haven't gotten on board with eating better and understanding about ourselves personally when it comes to um, noticing the things that are bothering us and actually being proactive and getting it taken care of? So one of the big problems that I've noticed is that a lot of our symptoms get normalized when in reality they're really just common mm -hmm. and that kind of just leads people to write it off and think, oh, it's no big deal. It's probably something I ate or, you know, something of that sort. So it's really just paying attention to the symptoms that you're having and noticing if they're perpetual or not so that you know if you need to seek guidance or if you might have an issue. Nice. Um, speaking about you personally, you've been in the field for a little over a year now. Yes. What is the thing that you love most about your occupation? It's really just the transformation that people go through. It's incredible because a lot of times people come with issues just like bloating or um, you know something like that, acne. Mm -hmm. and as they just start to overcome that issue and they realize that they had a whole lot more they weren't really paying attention to, um, that's just amazing, seeing the transformation and seeing how much better they feel. Um, a big component of gut health is you know, mental health. So yes. a lot of people experience a lot of anxiety and depression and they notice that that starts to subside as they start to heal their body. Gotcha. You know, I was been in the bodybuilding industry for such a long time and you know every time I've dieted I have been um, I have taken probiotics what is the difference between prebiotics and probiotics so probiotics are basically um, just bacteria so there's like endless amounts of strains, millions, and um, each person has different ones within them. So we all have a microbiome. And like 
Our bodies are made up of more bacteria than they are even human cells. So your microbiome isn't just your gut, it's also your skin and it's everything. And um, every person needs different bacteria. So probiotics are what start to feed the good bacteria back into your body, but they need prebiotics to survive and to feed. So prebiotics are essentially just food for the probiotic. Gotcha. That's that's really important because so many people only think of probiotics. Mm -hmm. I think that prebiotics get lost along the way, but they're probably essentially need to be taken together, don't you think? Yeah, and actually prebiotics are much more important, I would say, too. A lot of people think, you know, take a supplement of probiotics, but really what they need to be doing is incorporating prebiotics every day. Um, so those are things like oatmeal, leeks, asparagus, onions, um, lots of vegetables, and it can actually help you diversify your gut without ever having to take a probiotic because it's already feeding what's within you. Nice, nice. So what are the symptoms of an unhealthy gut? Oh, it's endless. It's <laughs> endless. It can be anything from uh, skin issues, so psoriasis, eczema, acne. It could be hormonal issues or hormonal issues might turn into gut issues. That's the tricky one. Um, really anything related to your, your, um, <laughs> anything relating um, to you know how frequently you use the restroom and the quality of that right and bloating mm -hmm. gas bad breath all kinds of stuff whoa headaches Hope everything you guys out there listening or brushing your teeth and <laughs> taking care of that bad breath mm -hmm. um, what are the three foods um, are bad what three foods are bad for you when it comes to having gut issues I would say top ones would be red meat, sugar, and dairy. Easy. And why? Ooh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so red meat is just, there's a lot of reasons, a lot, and I could bore you with the science, but essentially it just takes a long time for you to digest red meat. So um, that one's a big one. And also just the way that traditional livestock is raised um, you know, with hormones, antibiotics, you're, you are what you eat. So if that animal ate antibiotics, you may not be on a round of antibiotics right now for some sickness, but if you're eating an animal who was, you're not really getting much good. So red meat can be good so long as it's bought, you know, grass fed, you know, organic. Dairy is ooh, my arch nemesis. And it's delicious, unfortunately, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a big one that people don't want to cut out. It's the one everybody's resistant to, but it's probably the most important because of the hormonal impact it has on both men and women. Gotcha. And um, human body is not really meant to digest it. Um, we've just adapted some of us to do that. <laughs> um, and sugar, sugar is just... You know, yeah, it's know. sugar. Sugar is <laughs> bad, is what she's trying to say. Yes, it feeds yeast. It feeds all the bad guys. You don't want it. <laughs> nice. So, best ways to detox your gut. So, <laughs> 
Um, I always get a little weird about the word detox because I, I think it gets a little overused and I'll tell you why. Um, one of the big reasons is your liver and your kidneys, they do all of that for you. So all you have to do is support your liver and kidneys. So that means a lot of water, a lot of vegetables, and you know, get your sleep and all that, um, and exercise daily. Um, so as long as you do that, it's all interconnected. So as long as your lifestyle is, you know, corrected and you're doing good things every single day, um, eventually your gut will just start to get better. Awesome. So I'm going to switch lanes here and start talking or ask you a few questions regarding to hormones. Mm -hmm. Why does improper eating affect um, women and men so badly or affect their hormones so badly, excuse me? So can I think about this one real quick? Sure. Okay. That's always such a hard question. <laughs> oh my God, that's so broad. I don't know how to like sum it up. You know, I'm asking you this question just because, you know, people that I may have dealt with in my past, mm -hmm. you know, that I've worked with and um, it just seems like when they're eating, correctly they're having small meals throughout the day you know they have you know a better outcome health wise hormonal wise but when they're eating more sporadic skipping meals not eating enough or not eating at all it tends to bother them the most and I guess that's why I'm asking you because I don't know the internal aspect of why it it affects them the way that it does. I guess, you know, some of the things that I do know, it can mess with their moods. It can mess with um, how they feel. Um, sometimes it can just mess with, you know, their mindset as well. So I think eating correctly, having those smaller meals throughout the day, um, having a balanced diet, um, full of good nutrition is probably the best way to go. Mm -hmm. I guess the reason why I'm asking you is because I wanted to hear it from, from you since you're the expert. Yes. So really, um, there's a lot to it. So it, it's not just like how frequently that's a huge part of it. It's also, you know, just the quality of the food. So when you think about how food's treated in this country right now, it's a big issue. So especially when you're talking about how animal products are uh, produced. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always suggest, you know, um, getting organic and grass-fed, no matter what it is, if it's an egg, if it's, you know, a piece of meat. Um, because animals are treated with hormones and things like that that can directly affect, Humans. you know, the human. Um, that and you know, there's all the lifestyle factors, it always comes back to that. So, you know, for instance, your sleep is one of the biggest um, factors in hormone regulation. So when people don't sleep well enough, it actually produces a hormone called ghrelin, which increases hunger. So when people are finding themselves overeating and having insatiable hunger and they're moody and all of that, 
or what you could call hangry, usually it's not an issue of food. It might even just be that they're not sleeping. Nice. I mean, what else should a person do when they're not sleeping? Oh, manage stress. That, that's manage number stress. one. Meditation, one. workout, um, mindful eating. That's a big one. So just when you eat, just eat. Don't do anything else. Just focus on the food. Focus on the food. I think that's a really good point. Sometimes us as people, you know, no one likes eating good for very long. And we have a tendency as people as well to, you know, overindulge on the bad. And then when we get our bodies to a certain point of damage that we have caused, then we try to correct it with eating good. I think that what Sarah just said is so true. You have to manage everything that you're doing correctly. You have to make sure everything that you're eating is for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. That's going to help you look, feel um, better. I mean, those are two huge things that we all want to feel on a daily basis. So, and some of that is just boiled down, guys, that are listening to what we're taking in on a daily basis and what we're not taking in as well. A lot of us are, like Sarah just said, a lot of people don't eat their vegetables. Um, I being one of those people, and I know that I should more often than I do, but sometimes I just skip them. So um, I need, I you know, with this podcast right here, I know I need to be better. So I appreciate <laughs> you um, silently calling me out. On that, so thank you. No problem. <laughs> I love calling people out. So my next question for you is, how can exercise impact your gut? So, um, one thing that I actually teach, since I specifically work with women for the most part, every once in a while I'll work with a man, but for women, for instance, um, I have women learn how to exercise based on what phase of their cycle they're in. So, um, that's a really good way to make sure that you're not adding any additional stress onto the body because certain phases of a woman's cycle, um, they shouldn't do strenuous activities. Um, it can actually hurt them. So um, that's a really good tip. So, and it's, it's a lot of information, but there's that. Um, exercise, when you're doing it rigorously and extremely frequently, it can cause a lot of unneeded physical stress and your body doesn't know how to read just your mental stress or your physical stress it just takes it in the same in the sympathetic nervous system so exercise is good within its limits um, when you have a lot of people who are chronically under eating chronically dieting and over exercising can cause a lot of metabolic issues a lot of hormone issues and obviously gut issues right. so but as for exercise, it helps to diversify the bacteria that's already in your gut. So it needs to be done daily, <laughs> Right. that's for sure. So daily is good, guys, for you that are just only getting two days in a week. So please <laughs> get four in if you can. So um, as far as um, when it comes to eating for your female clients, what are some of the tips that you have them do when, it, when you're teaching them how to eat properly? So a big one is to eat enough. 
most women chronically under eat and the average woman, if I'm correct, and you can check me on this, um, the average woman spends about 31 years of their life total dieting. And dieting, is, I'm an anti-diet approach with everything I teach. Um, so no restriction, no calorie counting or macro counting because that's honestly what ends, women are usually the ones who have these, I mean, severe issues with their guts and hormones. And um, I think most of it boils down to they're not eating enough and they're not eating enough of the right things if they are eating enough. So lots of healthy fats and, you know, reducing sugar, eating a lot of whole grains and vegetables. <laughs> That's the big one. People get tired of me saying it, but it's really the most important thing. <laughs> you know, so many people's arch nemesis is actual sugar. Why is it so addictive? It, it's just its nature and so much of our food now is it's biologically addictive. So um, really that's why I use a concept called crowding out since sugar is so hard for people to remove. Um, and this concept is basically where instead of removing things, so if you have a client who's used to having a frappuccino every morning, don't tell them to remove it just now, but have them add something else in that's extremely healthy. So usually I start out with something easy that everyone likes, which is a smoothie, because mm -hmm. fruit sugar is much different than refined white sugar. So I'll have them add that in and you'll find that over time and very quickly, suddenly they're just not interested. So you just kind of have to trick your mind into thinking that, you know, you're kind of giving it what it wants and then eventually you don't want it anymore. Nice. You know, that's what Sarah just said is, is really important because I think so many of us, you know, it's easy to become addicted to having that sugar and you know, I know over my years of helping people with um, personal training, um, helping people with how to eat correctly, you know, once you start indulging in sugar, it, it's almost impossible to get you to wing off of it mm -hmm. because sugar makes you crave more sugar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where... And it doesn't matter what type of sugar it is, it's as long as you're feeding that craving. And I think, you know, us as health fanatics, fitness enthusiasts, whoever you may be that's listening to this podcast today, paying attention to all the refined foods that you're taking in is so important, especially if you're wanting to make progress. You can't make progress if you're steadily causing the same damage to yourself by eating the same foods that's that's um keeping you stagnant so gotta switch it up guys you gotta change things up to get a different result so you know listen to what sarah's saying it's important so lessen that sugar increase being more active Okay, and um, I think that overall you'll start feeling better and um, you'll start seeing yourself in a different position health-wise, physically, and so forth and so on. So my next question, Sarah, is 
why should we why should we when it comes to our gut pay more attention to it because I think so many of us we ignore it and we just think oh it'll just go away because that's the easiest thing to do please explain to those that are going to be listening why it's important to always pay attention to the signs that your body is giving you it's quality of life 100 percent um you know just people i've around in my everyday life that i've heard complain about issues that they could they could fix not easily but they could fix um like bloating it's uncomfortable it's miserable and it's something that you know it it kind of takes away from your quality of life when you deal with it every single day um and that's just one issue not to mention you know some women face horrible pms or struggle with pcos which can be managed so i would say it's just the quality of life that's why you should do it that's why you should pay attention to it nice you know there's a lot of women who just like you mentioned suffer from terrible pms how can they manage that and decrease the pain that they're going through but also you know just have some type of relief when that time of the month arrives so once again it's what are you putting in your body uh, what is the quality of the food that you're eating how frequently are you eating which is a really good point that you mentioned earlier because for women it helps to balance out estrogen levels when you eat more frequently throughout the day um, you know and then just once again putting that focus on how can you heal your gut how can you fix these issues because really it's not normal to have horrendous bloating and cramping and you know breakouts and things like that around your cycle um, it's just once again it's really common so really it, it's that it's about what you do the other three weeks of the month that matter most nice is supplements when you're eating food important for male and female i know you work with majority women but as far as supplements do you suggest them for your female clients or do you just i mean what what do you do it depends on the person, but I would say usually there is a need. So especially women who are on birth control, hormonal birth control. So that could be the pill, IUD, anything like that. Um, birth control depletes you of vitamins and minerals that are crucial for health. So your B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, things like that, that you, you need to function. And a lot of women who are on birth control wonder why around their period it's so painful. And I, I have noticed that supplementation does help with those things. As for men and women, I think that you can never go wrong with taking an omega supplement, so fish oil or algae oil if you are vegan, because mm -hmm. um, it helps with inflammation and it's good for your gut. Um, and then of course, if a probiotic, if you're getting off a round of antibiotics, it's always a good idea. And really, it's, I would say that people need to frequently get their blood checked if that's available to them and go off the recommendations. So a lot of us walk around with deficiencies and don't realize it. Yeah. When you just mentioned about, you know, getting your blood checked, is there a specific reason why? And if so, do you mind explaining it for those who's going to be listening? 
Oh yeah, of course. So um, really two of the things that I always have women check on, and I believe that men should do the same, um, is to get a hormone panel done. Like just see where you are with your thyroid and your hormones. And also to get, um, I don't know the exact name for it, I can't think of it right now, but um, the blood panel that they do for vitamins to see if you need to supplement anything. Yeah, I think, you know, what she just mentioned is so, it's spot on, honestly, because I know that when some of my female clients are going through issues themselves, often I tell them, you know, you need to go and get you know, a checkup with your physician. And believe it or not, so many women go too long without getting that checkup. Why do you think that that is? I think that there's been a big, big problem that dates back many, many years where women's health issues have kind of been written off. Um, and I mean, there's books on this stuff about how women go to doctors with issues and they get written off as her just being whiny or moody or something like that but I think that a lot of us and myself included felt that way my whole life I wasn't being an advocate for myself so what I just say is be your own advocate if a doctor won't listen to you and take you seriously go to a different one but never accept not having an answer for whatever you're dealing with it, it's probably not normal and you should get answers and you should take care of it yeah I think you know that's pretty spot on you know you have to be proactive guys when it comes to yourself personally when it comes to issues that you already know does not feel normal you have to make sure that you act upon it don't put it off for six months don't put it off for a year by that time you don't know what damage your body is going to be under from all that time that you could have been proactive in and made that doctor's appointment and got a checkup to find out what you need to do in order to um, find an answer for the symptoms that you may have. So always be proactive. And this goes out to guys too. I mean, we have to be proactive as well, you know, especially you know, guys, when it comes to our hormones, we have to be proactive. That is so important to us. Um, so don't waste time. Life is so short. Live it to the fullest. Do what's necessary, okay? There's no point at all to live and suffer whenever you have all of these people out here that are willing to help you and educate you and get you on the right track to being healthier and um, living life peacefully without any bloating or pain, or whatever issues you may having. So always be proactive when it comes to your health. So. Amen, couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Whoa. So where can people find you, Sarah? So you can find me on Instagram at Sarah McCammon Health. Um, and also on Facebook, same thing, Sarah McCammon Health. Sarah McCammon Health, guys. So be sure to check her out, ladies, if you have any questions, guys as well. Um, if you have any questions, hit her up, ask her whatever questions you may have. This girl is full of knowledge and can get you set 
on the right track to feeling and looking better. So this is today's podcast with Sarah McCayman, Health, and Daryl Terrell with The Real World, and we're out.